Well, good morning and uh, welcome to another, uh, I'm having a little bit of trouble, welcome to another Worship with the Templar Knight. Um, I hope your day is well blessed. It sounds like my mic or my gain, I'm not sure what it is, but um, we're going to continue on anyway, just the way we are. And everything should be okay. Let me check something real quick here. Hopefully that took care of it. I don't think it did, but anyway, um, let's uh, get started with our daily worship or our worship for today. Um, hear God call you to worship through his own word. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples, for the great and his steadfast love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. O God, you are life, wisdom, truth, bounty, and blessedness, the eternal, the only true good, our God and our Lord. You are our hope and our heart's joy. We acknowledge with thanksgiving that you have made us in your image and that we may direct your, our hearts towards you. Lord, make us know you. Know you aright that we may love, enjoy, and possess you more and more through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear God's law and his will for your life. The words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unless your righteousness exceeds that all of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward in your Father who is in heaven. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and of the prophets. Let's bow our heads and confess our sins. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, we poor, miserable sinners confess that from our childhood until this very hour we have sinned against you, against your commandments by evil thoughts, words, will, and works, which we cannot count, and first all by vast unbelief. Therefore, we are not worthy to be called your children, nor lift our eyes up to heaven. O God and Father, we wish that we had never provoked you to anger. In your mercy and for the sake of your glory, we ask you to receive us into your grace by the forgiveness of our sins. Amen. Receive these words of comfort from our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through him we have also obtained of access by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Let's confess what we believe about the Christian faith. Whoever desires to be saved should, above all, hold to the Catholic faith. Anyone who does not keep it whole and unbroken will doubtless perish eternally. Now, this is the Catholic faith, that we worship one God, any trinity, and the trinity in unity, until neither confounding their persons nor dividing their essence. But it is necessary for eternal salvation that one also believe in the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ faithfully. Now, this is the truth faith that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son, is both God and man equally. He is God from the essence and the Father, begotten before time. And he is a man of essence, of his mother, born in time. Completely God, completely man, and a rational soul of human flesh. Equal to the Father as regards divinity, less than the Father as regards humanity. Although he is God and man, yet Christ is not two, but one. He is one, however, not by the divinity being turned into flesh, but by God's taking humanity to himself. He is one certainly not by the blending of his essence, but by the unity of his person. For just as one man is both rational soul and flesh, so too the one Christ, both God and man. He suffered for our salvation. He descended into hell. He arose again from the dead, and on the third day he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the Father's right hand. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. At his coming, all people will arise bodily and give accounting of their own deeds. Those who have done good will enter eternal life, and those who have done evil will enter eternal fire. This is a Catholic faith, not the one cannot be saved without believing in firmly and faithfully. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Speaking of substitutes, you know, we're living in a day of substitutes. Many of our foods and other articles that uh, formerly uh, used are being replaced by something else. We have substitutes for sugar, substitutes for salt, substitutes for certain metals, substitutes for wood. Uh, someone uh, could just invent substitute for gasoline. He'd probably get really wealthy with that. I know they're trying with uh, electrical things, uh, batteries and things like that. But nonetheless, you would get rich. Men often serve as substitutes for other men. Men often serve as substitutes for other men. Um, during certain wars, a man who had been called to the, the to colors. Uh, could pay a sum of money to the government and uh, someone else would go as a substitute to fight and maybe die in his place. When a football team takes the field, there are substitutes for them who sit on the bench. If one of the regulars is injured, the substitute takes his place on the team. 
But speaking of substitute, Jesus is the greatest substitute who ever lived. We were sentenced to death. Our names were on the list of the condemned. We were going to go down toward death. Then Jesus came as our became our substitute. He rushed to the cross and died for, for us. When we accept him as our Savior, all of the life and peace and joy and salvation come to us. In our text, uh, read the Bible, Paul in dramatic language tells us of his desire to live for Christ. Then he ends the sentence with a, with a great outburst. He loved me and gave himself for me. He was just saying that Jesus was his substitute. We need a substitute. Uh, that need began back in the Garden of Eden. Our first parents were created in innocence and placed in this most beautiful spot, the most beautiful spot in the world. Then they were made, uh, then they made a big mistake. They disobeyed God and they brought sin into the world. That was no light thing. Think about that. They became different creatures. They possessed a sinful nature that they passed on to all posterity. All who have been born since then have been born in sin. Thus they are lost and need a substitute. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 says, quote, There is none righteous, no, not one. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, quote, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, quote, all, we like, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the inequity of us all. Unquote. So you go through all the world and you'll find all sorts of people. People with hands, people without hands, people with feet, people without feet, people without money, without good sense, without emotions, without laughter. But you can't possibly find a person without sin. Since every person has sinned, and since the penalty of sin is death, every person needs to uh, needs someone to take his place to free him from sin and give him the privilege of life, life here and that and hereafter. Okay, let's take this. Uh, you know, we all know that the sheriffs run prisons and stuff like that. Uh, so a sheriff showed a man to his prison. He stopped on death row and said, the man in the first cell has been sentenced to die next Tuesday for a crime he committed. At that time, he will be strapped into a, a chair. He can be either electrocuted or they can have a chemical. And in a few seconds, the doctor will pronounce him dead. Now, if that man wanted to live, he needed a substitute, one to die in his place. But the law of the land would not allow it. He must die. But God has a greater and more merciful plan. You look into the faces of sinful humanity and you know that they are doomed. They have been pronounced guilty. God has said that the wages of sin is death and that the soul that sinneth, it shall die. 
And I know that sinful humanity needs a substitute. So I say to the Lord, Oh God, is there a substitute? Is there one who will die for poor lost sinners? And the answer comes back from heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes, we all need a substitute. And we have a substitute. Jesus willingly became the substitute for us. He didn't have to do it. And God did not force him to do it. He said, I lay down my life for the sheep that I might take it again. No man taketh from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. John chapter 10, verse 17 through 18. It was not something in us that made him do it. It was something great in him, his great love for us. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. John chapter 15, verse 13. No man ever had a greater love for others than Jesus had for us. Some people have the idea that he loves only those who are good, those who love and follow and obey him. Well, that's a wrong idea, for, for he loves all men, whoever and whatever they are. He loves those who have sunk into the depths of sin. He loves those who have climbed to the heights of glory, all sinned, and all need his great love. Turn to the greatest chapter in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 53. And, and what do you read? Quote, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of, of our peace was upon him. And with his strips, we are healed. Verse 5, oh, what a Savior. Change the, the R to my and see how it affects your, your own little life. But I was wounded for our transgression. I was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With the, the strips we are healed. Oh, what a Savior. Truly, what a Savior. See him taking your place, your punishment, your death on that tree. What a willing substitute he was indeed. Remember that he became our substitute by dying, not by living. Some people make, uh, some people make much of his life, but not much of his death. Yet it was his dying that he became our savior and our substitute. There are some who say, I don't believe in blood religion. I believe that Jesus came to set an example for us, and to follow that example, we will be saved. But them, but there's, there's no salvation for anyone except through the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. A certain man uh, said to a gospel preacher, I'll take Christ as my example, and that will, that will save me. All right, all right, said the preacher. Let, let's look in the Bible. Let's uh, see how he lived. If you live up to it. He agreed. I agree, said the man. And the preacher read just one verse. One verse. Who did no sin? 
neither was, was Gil found in his mouth. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22. Can you live that way Excuse me. Can you live that way, preacher? No, said the man. Then the then said the preacher, you must find another way to be saved since you can't live up to his example. Here it is. Uh, you must claim that the Savior is your own Savior and let his death be a substitute for yours and you'll be saved. That was his answer. How can we claim that substitute, I ask? Well, we must acknowledge our sin and our need for him. We must say in a deep uh, sincerity, uh, Oh Lord, I realize I am a sinner, lost and under the penalty of death, headed for hell. I need a substitute. I need someone to die in my place and set me free. I need Jesus Christ. But men are proud today. We live in an age of great achievements, and we are often too proud to acknowledge our need of an outside and greater power. Yet the greatest thing we can do is puny in comparison with the smallest thing Christ can do for us. So we must humble ourselves before him, acknowledge our sin, and ask for his mercy. We must surrender to him as Savior and Lord. When he tells us that he will forgive us if we receive him, then we just give ourselves completely to him. We must say, all to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. We must say, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me and that thou biddest me come to thee. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. We are just to say, he is all, and I am nothing. I can do nothing to save myself. He must do it all, or I am lost. Here, Lord, I give myself to thee. Tis all that I can do. We must confess. We must confess him before men. Listen to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 11, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto unrighteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Well now, who would ever be ashamed to him? Who wouldn't want to confess him before men? Go back to that man who was in the cell on death row. If I could have gone into the prison and taken his place in an electric chair, if by dying for him I could have made him free, happy, healthy man, and could, could have restored him to his family, do you think he could have been quiet about it? I don't think so. He would have been eager to tell the whole world of a man who gave his life for him. I believe that this is the reason Jesus mentions confessions in the Bible as uh, one prerequisite uh, to salvation. 
He wants men to tell others about him and, and what he has done for them so that the whole world can know that he can save and bless men in the same manner. So come to the Savior, acknowledge Ed, your sin and your need him and your need of him. Make a full surrender to him and confess him before men. Then there will be a, a no death for your soul. The Savior who became your substitute on the cross will keep you safe forever. Remember that, folks, forever. The blessing that substitutes being, uh, being substitutes bring, I'm sorry. Jesus does not ask you to follow him for nothing because when you claim him, you receive everything worthwhile. Romans chapter 8, verse 32 says, quote, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Unquote. A man said to me, uh, I put over a big land deal and uh, I made $40,000. That was indeed a big deal. But the biggest and the best deal of all is when you surrender to Christ as Lord and Master. Much bigger deal. It's forever. You receive forgiveness of sins. David was a man after God's own heart, but he sinned greatly, repented deeply, and was freely forgiven. Then he said, quote, Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Psalms chapter 32, verse 1. Surely, Happiness comes uh, when you know that your sin has been forgiven, that there is nothing between you and God. It's like having a, a heavy burden lifted from your back and off your shoulders. You, you feel it. It's like having someone pay off a, a pressing debt for you uh, when you didn't have any money. It's like having a dark cloud removed from, between you and, and, and the sun. And it's bright. Everything's light. You receive strength to overcome temptation. Some people turn to Christ saying, I'm afraid. I can't, I can't hold out. Of course you can't. But Jesus can. Jesus can hold you and he can hold out. We often fall, but he never falls. We often are defeated, but he is always victorious. You know, you, you think about this, uh, about blood transfusions. You know, there, there's people that were, were quite ill and it, and it seemed that, that they can't, they could not, they can't recover. So someone offered their blood for her or him. It was pumped into their vessels and, and soon a new strength began to flow through their bodies. And before long, everything you become well. So when you come to Jesus, new strength flows. It flows to you from him. And he gives you more power to live. Right? You receive the promise of daily companionship. Quote, Lo, I am with you always, even unto death. Unto the end of the world. You can find that in uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. 
When a child walks alone through uh, the woods, he's normally kind of afraid. There's nobody else around. But when his big daddy is beside him, he slips his hand into his father's big hand and walks bravely without fear. Think about that. Kids are afraid to ride bicycles, but their father's right there for helping them. They trust him. There are many dark valleys for you and, and me in this old world, but, but we don't have to walk alone. Our big brother, Jesus Christ, says, don't, don't be afraid of anything. I'll be by your side all the way. How pitiful that some people try to walk alone through this wicked world. You receive hope for the future. What is included in this hope? First, there's a great change for us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 51, 52, we read, Quote, Behold, I shew you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised in, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Unquote. Isn't, that, isn't that something for which to look forward to? Here we... Here, here, we wrestle with all the powers of the world, the flesh and the devil. We are often stained with sin and evil, but then we are we'll, we'll be changed and be like him. What, what a miracle that is. Here our bodies are often racked with pain. Here we grow tired and weary. Here old age creeps up on us and robs us of our strength. But up there we'll have all perfect bodies. Free from all of this, everything that is bad and hurtful will be gone and will be changed into likeness of his glory. Then we'll be at home with Jesus and, and, and the loved ones will, will we've lost, but for a while. On this earth, there those, those who are nearest and dearest to us are put away from mortal sight, but it won't be forever. One day the trumpet will sound, the voice of the archangel will be heard, and the Lord will descend with a mighty shout. Then the dead in the Christ shall rise. The living Christians will be caught up by Jesus, and so, so shall we ever be with the Lord. First Theologians, chapter 4, verse 17. Then no more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears. Then no more debts to pay, no more trouble, no more sickness, no more death, no more separation. Oh, what a glorious, glorious, blessed, wonderful hope that Christians have. And it is all because and becomes his when he accepts Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior. It's all yours. A man came into the mountains, set up a tent, and advertised for people to come each night. He did not believe in Christ or the Bible. He told the people that he would tell them the real truth about this book that many of them believed in. On the first night, there was a large crowd. They came to hear him, and they sat in silence as he poured out his poisonous and vicious words about the Word of God. 
We see this every day, don't we, folks? At the close of his address, he said, come back tomorrow night and I'll, I'll, I'll answer uh, any questions you would like to ask. Well, the next night, another large crowd gathered, and when the question period came, a miner stood up and said, I'd like to ask you a question, but first I'll have to tell you a story. There was a time when I was the worst man in this country. I made good money, but I spent most of it on sin and drink. While my wife and children did without necessities life, every Saturday night I would go home drunk. I say it was home, but it was nothing but a miserable shack on the mountainside. My children would see me coming and would run and hide. Or hide behind the house or under the bed, for I often mistreated them when I was drunk. My wife would tremble when she saw me coming up the hill, for I often beat her when I was drunk. But, said the man, it's all different now. A preacher came up here and to conduct a meeting, and a friend persuaded me to go and hear him several nights. In that meeting, something happened to me. The Lord Jesus came into my heart and changed my life. I no longer have any craving for drink. When I go home at night and my children see me coming, I hear them say, Come on, let's go meet Dad. They run up to me, throw their arms around me, and kiss me. My wife comes out of the kitchen, wiping her hands from her apron. She meets me at the gate and a smile on her face, and she kisses me, too. We go outside in our nice home where we have everything that we need, and that home is just a little colony of heaven on earth to us. Now, he said, I'd like to ask my, my question. What do you have outside of the Bible and Christ that can do that for a man? There was no answer. And the next day, the infidel folded his tent and moved away. Oh, that's the kind of savior and substitute we need. One who can change and transform us for life and save us for heaven. He can do it all for you. If you will come to him, come to the Lord Jesus Christ. As you listen to these words, ask God to enlighten your mind and your heart. O Heavenly Father, whose law is perfect, converting the soul, a sure testimony, giving wisdom to the unlearned and enlightening the eyes, we humbly implore you through your boundless goodness to enlighten our blind intellectual by your Holy Spirit so that we may truly understand and profess your law and live according to it. Since it has pleased you, most merciful Father, to reveal the mysteries of your will only to the little ones, and since you look to him alone who is of humble and contrite spirit, who has reverence for your word, grant us a humble spirit and keep us from all fleshly wisdom, which is enmity against you. Bring to the right way those who stray from the truth so that we all may unanimously serve you in holiness and righteousness all the days of our lives. We ask this from you, most merciful Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Let's all bow our heads and make our request to God. Almighty God, fountain of wisdom, you know our necessities before we ask and our ignorance in asking. We ask you to have compassion upon our weakness and those things for which for our unworthiness we dare not and for our blindness we cannot ask. Grant to give us for the worthiness of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let's take a minute and bow, keep your heads bowed and, and pray your own personal prayers. Pray for the church of Jesus Christ. Pray for the world. Pray for the United States. Pray for these things that are evil in this world and make them good. In closing, let's pray the words that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for joining me here in a small worship with the Templar Knight. Appreciate that. And uh, hopefully you get something out of these uh, small worships and take it home. Also, if you care to learn more about being a Templar Knight or becoming a Templar Knight, you can ask questions. You can, you can go to our website and you can... Get us on the chat. And that website's www.americanknightstemplars.com. We'd love to bring you into our order. There is a small process. There's no fees. We don't charge for admission. We don't charge any type of dues. So everything is voluntary. And if you have any prayer requests, you can go to the website and also request it there. 
And again, that website is www.americanightstemplars.com. Or if you'd like to email me, that's fine too. It's davidr258 at comcast.net. So please, please, if you want to learn more about being a Templar, or if you want to learn more about biblical things or the history of Templars, give us a chance. Talk to us. We'll help you out. Thank you very much for uh, joining me here today, and may God bless you 